to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas and with me, still in quarantine or out of quarantine, I can't tell, but I think it's out. It's out. It's definitely out. It's the one I only do with Josiah. Hello, Benjamin. No, I'm still technically in quarantine. Today is day 14. I am out in the backyard, so I'm getting some vitamin D uh, while I can, Uh, but tomorrow, don't Giggle at D. I know. I, I, I wish I could not laugh at that, but I still. A vitamin do. D. Yeah, right. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely, you know, have giggled at that myself. Yeah, just, just getting some D. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've, I've literally got two less than twenty four hours to go, and then I'll be out. So you get the call. You'll get the call. You'll get the call. What's the call? Don't you get the call from the DH version saying you're allowed to release that? You got to wait until you get the call. No, I don't think so. I think it just says at midnight tonight I'm out. That's it. Anyway, look, I'm I'm going to go lick a fucking traffic light after at midnight tonight. Uh, (laughs) But we have a guest, Benjamin. I don't want to waste any more time uh, without getting our guest in. She is a fantastic stand-up comedian, originally from Canada, and now lucky to call Australia home. Uh, Lucky for us as well as her. Please welcome Gillian English. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. So many things that uh, we can chat about, Jillian, right? Uh, I mean, there's a big bombshell that I don't think Ben knows about that we can reveal. We'll reveal. We'll say a bombshell. We'll we'll reveal that maybe for the second half of the show or whatever. But I wanted to have you on, Jill, because one of so many fascinating things about you, especially I want to talk about your stand up shows that you do. I feel like I want to read, Ben, all the different uh, titles of your shows. And I feel like each of okay. them could be our own podcast of its own, right? So okay. here, here we go. I'm going in reverse uh, chronological order of your Instagram. So there was uh, the She-Wolf. Uh-huh. Right? The, so uh, you know what? This, that's how I'm going to do it. You tell us what the show is about, and then we'll have to narrow down which topic we're going to go in. So what was She-Wolf <laughs> about? Okay, so She-Wolf... Um... Basically, I did a master's in fine arts in classical Shakespearean performance, uh-huh. uh, which was very expensive. And then I forgot about it for a long time. Uh, and then student loans was like, hey, um, you still need to pay for that. So I was like, oh, I should make use of this degree. So um, in that show, it's not quite stand up. It's more like a, a character piece. I don't know how to describe it, but I play Queen Margaret of Anjou, who was a real person, but ended up as a character in four of Shakespeare's history plays. Where she was wildly misrepresented. So I play her back from the dead, very angry, right. um, talking about the way she was represented in Shakespeare's plays versus what actually happened in her life. And then looking at that and like basically modern and historical representations of women in power. All right, there you go. That's already um, so already lit up by that. Because also my, my girlfriend, her favorite book is a book called Women Who Run With Wolves. Have you ever read that? Anyway, I, so not, I, thought it, I, I thought it might yeah. be linked to that. All right, so that was Shearwolf. Then we have uh, 10 Things I ha- uh, Hate About Taming of the Shrew, another Shakespeare-based one. Yes. That another... yep. That's just 10 Things I Hate About Taming of the Shrew. It's <laughs> but now we know Now we know why, what the, where the, the origins yeah. of it of, and what you studied. All right, next up, Fart Monster. <laughs> also a Shakespeare play. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Fart Monster is a little less highbrow. Um that was my uh, stand-up, my, my debut stand-up album that was released with Howl and Roar Records back in Canada. Um, and Fart Monster comes from, I uh, was having um, sexual intercourse with a man uh-huh. back in my past. Um, and uh, how, I don't want to gross you. No, so what happened was I was on my, I was on my period. I was. All right, was okay. And I was on my period. And this, he didn't care. He didn't care. He was fine with it, which was wonderful. I was like, look Good at you, him. aren't you yeah. a modern man? And then uh, post-coital, I farted and he lost his mind. Oh. Um, he, he just couldn't believe that I was that disgusting. Like, this is a dude who is fine with things that Period most blood. Yeah. And I did like, the, the daintiest, cutest little fart ever. And this dude just lost his mind and called me a fart monster. Um in my like you're a fart was monster. It, was was he a boyfriend or just like a no, casual no, no. like we'd gone on I I don't know one, two dates and it was whatever, you know. Oh was my there. god. Um, yeah and he, he lost still, his money I still think fart monster, monster is 
is a cute name. Fart Monster is still a cute name, though. Yeah. No, he was. It was not. He was like, "You're a fart monster." He was like, he just thought I was disgusting. Wow. And then because it was almost Easter time, I had like a big bowl of like mini cream eggs in my living room. Um, and so I was like, "Okay, leave then." Like, yeah, go. Um, and he stole a bunch of candy out of like he made a little Easter basket out of his t-shirt and was just like putting. Handfuls He's of taking candy. like a a, a a a loot bag after a party. <laughs> Show bag. What a bad, like, fuck, he sounds like an absolute cunt. I know, but I made so much money off of him, so... Totally, totally. Okay, okay. But it is, I genuinely do understand what you mean, the context of the period, uh, sex, and then, you know, somehow a fart is just, that's unforgivable. Is that how you open the show? Is that how you open the show? Did you tell the story from the get-go? that story has to come usually in the middle. I have learned from experience. That you cannot it, the, the bit is called chad um and you cannot do chad at the start because if an audience doesn't uh, if they're not oh, that's all i can think up, about they are not on board for the yeah. like angry screaming torrent of um periods and farts yeah but, but just also the idea of just I don't know, a couple in their early 60s going, you know what, we're going to hear, support this Fringe Festival show, and you're open with that, and they're like, okay, we still have 50 minutes to go. I went to an all-boys Catholic school in Sri Lanka, so it's it's fair to say that my um, uh, com- comfort around uh, periods was not, uh, ex- I was not exposed to it as much, and it's only in the last, say, I would say as recent as the last five to 10 years, maybe is where things have changed for even for me. But Ben, you've been with your partner now, what, 25 years? Yes, on and off for 25 years. I lived in a big hippie household in uni. So um, so when it comes to uh, women's menstrual cycles, I was familiar everything with, with, the, uh, with the, uh, the cup. Are you familiar with the cup? Still, oh god, um, yeah, I had a cup when I was fourteen. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah my, my like as in like a trophy, yeah. When you say, "Hey, well done, you had your first period," <laughs> and they give you a cup. So, <laughs> no, I know a menstrual cup. Uh, in fact, my uh, I think Maddie, my girlfriend, told me about a story about this dad, this dude who thought it was a measuring cup and cooked rice with it. <laughs> How big is this cup? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister gave me mine for Christmas when I was 14. Right, okay. The, the, I, I found it has, I learned a lot uh, because I was with my partner very young and very open. But my favorite one was also what we did know is that all the women uh, were using the cups, but then every time they had a menstrual cycle, they would then pour it on the weed crop we grew in the backyard. And it was phenomenal because when that thing harvested, oh my God, it was just bud central. It was crazy. It. We had. Gonna- we Keep had, that in mind for my garden. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I, I That's on record. Get her, cops. Get her. <laughs> well, I couldn't believe it because when I was like, this is not going to work. And then within it, you know, it was lucky enough that all the plants were female, which rarely happens. Uh, and, then, and then on top of it, it, we had, I think we had, I think 16 plants that all budded. And then it was this hilarious thing that when we harvest it, we did it as a group exercise. And then we put all, so you have to hang it to dry it, but we ran out of places to hang. So at one stage, everything that had a hook, and I mean everything, the kitchen, the bathroom, uh, inside people's covers, just had like a big stalk about half a meter long full of buds. And I'll never forget it. I just it. realized you were talking about marijuana. I thought you were just talking about like a normal garden. Oh, oh no, no. That's, why, that's, why, that's why I sent the cops on to you. No, 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 no. Now you get the context of why yeah. I sent the cops you on you. Grow, you can grow all the weed. You, well, not all the weed. You can grow four plants in your garden in Canada. It's perfectly yeah. legal. Yeah. So yeah. When, I was in, when I was in Mon- your garden. <laughs> And in Montreal, when I was there, they fucking just having it on the street. It was blowing, blowing my mind. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But then what I loved about it is, like, of course, we had a landlord and we had the real estate agent. Yeah. And I'll never forget he had to do a house inspection. But none of us had we'd have been smoking and we're having bucket bongs out the back and whatever. And then he, I remember he came in and we forgot about it. And then he just saw all the weed around the house. And we were just like, oh. And like, all of us looked at each other and went, you know what? You guys pay rent on time. It's all good. <laughs> I, I like, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think any landlord ultimately that's the point. As long as there's no proper like property damage, property damage. and, and um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely wish my mum had a more of a conversation about it to me purely because 
the, the sanitary products used to be advertised in Sri Lanka. And obviously, I think even around the world, it was always the blue liquid that they would show in Luca. There is it's also absorb it. And when you're a child, you're so inquisitive and you, you know, advertising has such power. You're like, what is that product? I remember the, the, the product was called Whispers. I think there was the name of the brand. Yeah, is yeah, it a famous yeah, yeah. brand? Or I don't know. No, no, I, I'd, I'd heard of it. Anyway, so I'm like, what is Whispers? What is Whispers? I didn't know, whatever. Then one day I saw it in mom's cupboard. I was like, you bought Whispers? What is it? And she just was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not, you don't have to know about that. And I went, like, obviously I was confused. And then I look back now, that could have been a really good teaching point. And again, nothing against my mom. She was obviously, again, yeah. a Muslim woman who's probably told over and over that you're not meant to talk about these things to, to, to boys, especially. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that uh, we've come full circle now where there is um, issues with parting as being a bigger <laughs> situation than oh, period. Well, I, mean, with that, I mean, I still get plenty of people who are not on board. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm, I can imagine. All right. So that was five months. I love, I'm loving this. I really am. Okay. This is the one okay. I've really picked my interest. Giant and angry. So uh, giant and angry. Let's get some stats. How tall are you? Um, I'm, I used to think I was 5'11", but I don't think I actually am. I think I'm like 5'10", 5'10 and a half, if I'm feeling good up about myself. Why did you reckon you shortened since you moved to Australia? Cause the, no, I think cause I just never atmosphere. properly measured myself. Oh, right. And I realized that I found out um, that I have scoliosis, so I should be taller. Ah. So for those of us who don't know exactly what scoliosis is, well, what is the description? My spine, instead of, instead of being straight, it's got a, a little bit of a curve up in my yeah, upper right. thoracic right so like if it was properly straight i'd be about an inch or two taller and does that come over time or is it just a genetic no that's just how i was um i didn't find out until um when i've been playing football and then i uh, had an injury to my neck and i went and got an x-ray on my spine um and they're like you have scoliosis and i was like oh my god that girl tackled me so hard she moved my spine No, it's just it's just always been like that. But because um, because of the Shakespeare training, and because I was a really tall little kid, and my mom was a high school teacher, and she saw all the tall girls hunching all the time because they yeah. didn't want to be that tall. So she was like, "I got to make sure that that I that she made sure I stood up straight all the time." And it was like, "It's better to be taller than everybody else." And, and yeah. so I actually have, I had it ingrained in me to have excellent posture, which is between my spine and my boobs, the only reason I don't have back pain. Yeah, it's huge, especially with like. Now. <laughs> I love the spectrum of, of life. Between my spine and my boobs, I have great uh, back support. Yeah, I got some huge gazongas, and it is genu- genuinely a miracle that I don't have back pain. And it is because I had some excellent Shakespeare teachers who. Oh my god! All right, alignment. Uh- I am going to paddle into an area that might be extremely problematic for a cisgendered male to ask a cisgendered woman. Um, yeah. But like, please know my heart is in a good place when I ask this question. Yeah. When you say huge gazongas, what are the stats yeah. there? Stats? <laughs> oh, I got stats. All right. Um, I wear a size. The, the band measurements are different in Australia, but like in Canada, the UK, I'm a 38 um, double H. So double H. Yeah. So I actually have a very narrow rib cage. Great. Uh, it's just the boobs themselves are huge. And the last time I weighed them, which I haven't done in a while, uh, they weighed seven kilos. H? No. No, God, no. That oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 they weigh seven kilos. Seven. Each I, was, I just had a heart attack. I just like I was like, oh no, that's that's not. You uh, you do tell a funny uh, way of uh, on stage. <laughs> you talk about how you find how you actually weigh them. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, my, my friend was curious. She was more curious than me, uh, my friend Grace. And so, uh, what, what we did is I weighed myself in the nude. You should always weigh yourself in the nude. Um, just because don't add your shoes in there. That's not fair. I Um, agree. And also I would suggest based on previous experiences that Ben, uh, unfortunately discovered when you weigh yourself in the nude, that's good. But also when you take a photo, make sure your ass crack (laughs) isn't in the reflection of the of the Boyne scale yeah. that our listeners pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can see Ben's ball say. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I weighed myself and then uh, Grace picked him up. She picked up my boobs, she lifted him up, and then yeah. we did math. So right. So by her lifting it up meant that he took the gravity gravitational pull of it yeah, on the scales. 
Yeah. 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 That, sounds, that sounds like one hell of a games night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It was both go to our partners going, we just want to mention that's all. Monopoly. But is it, is it I was going to say, sorry, Ben. I was just going to say, surely you think a scale like we see in like, for lack of a better word, like at the markets, where if you just like plopped it on that, would it not give you the same way? Yeah, but like, sure, we have a meat scale, but... <laughs> get salmonella in my nipple gross right totally. it's a much much more sanitary way and very delicate and and loving and tender okay. is isn't it also the fact that when you get a mammogram mammogram that i haven't uh, had one of those yet yeah but well, that's when they then they they weigh that as well and they get you get like a well my mom was telling me that her friends said that if you have smaller boobs a mammogram is more painful because they're yep. really trying to squish uh, it in there where it's like yeah it's, a, it's all right, here right right there's more so, yeah wow uh okay so, so giant yeah giant and angry giant and angry was just um that came about I said it on stage that I was I was doing Julian English's Bitter Shoot. I'm like, I'm just a giant angry woman. I did it in Montreal, and the audience went wild. And I was like, that'll be my next show, Giant and Angry. And mm. then, because I am uh, a bigger woman, uh, I think I've, a doctor told me I am of size, which is rude. Yeah. Everyone is of size. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I've never been little. I've never been a little person. And I've anger has always been the emotion I tap into the absolute easiest. And I, I just have a lot of rage about a lot of things. So giant and angry. Um, and I get, I get my anger from my dad. Like we're both really like right. just angry, like lovely, angry people. Um, and I, I've never shied away from my anger. Uh, and I, I don't care how uncomfortable it makes people. Cause I have a lot, mo- I mean, the main theme of my work is mostly feminism. Um, and so it's about, Growing up as as a woman who uh, was tall, had to start wearing a bra when I was eight years old. People always thought I was a lot older than I was. Um, and so it's just, it's about living as a woman in modern society. And then within that, my relationship with my dad um, <laughs> and how um, his approach to handling things was not what you would normally tell a, yeah. a little girl to do. And so yeah. just going through being like, yeah, I'm, I'm angry and I'll, I'll slap a bitch. So, yeah. So this uh, is, I think this is a great, great point. Then we'll start to drill in on, I guess, because I'm so fascinated by so many things you said, uh, the giant and angry spot, the giant part of it. I think I, I, I keep hearing um, phrases like uh, taking up space. Mm. And being comfortable taking up space, because even when you mentioned about your height and about how a lot of girls or girls in particular would try to crouch to try and not seem tall um, and feeling comfortable taking up space. I know that it's a thing that even uh, people of color struggle with feeling like you want to hide yourself you're trying to blend in as much if you're a minority in a in in uh what ben did you just chuckle oh, sorry. No, 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 no. i just saw ben like lean forward out of camera i'm like mate i'm i'm would i'm very much no, sorry, no, man. I, I just wanted to make sure i was recording i was panicking that i wasn't recording <laughs> all right I, I thought either he started laughing or he fell asleep <laughs> one of the two it's like jesus man no but yeah so that taking up space is something that i'm really fascinated to hear more about is that sort of where you in terms of the anger as well like you're not being apologetic for who you are yeah it's just god there's so many things um just being accosted on the street like mm. people or or just in anywhere people um men uh to generalize they feel entitled to you there are a lot of people out there who feel more they feel that they are more entitled to women's time space and physical bodies than the women are to those things themselves so right. it's like if, if some if, if some guy wanted to talk to me i had i owed it to him and they would go so far as to say like oh you owe it to me no i fucking don't i don't owe right. you shit um and yeah i remember the first time i came to australia to tour in perth i was staying with a friend and i left their house to get on the train and just go into like fringe world to get my artist pass and everything and I was harassed, I think, like six times in 45 minutes. And that ranged from being followed, uh, someone grabbing my skirt, being catcalled. Like, I've been followed home. Um, I've been assaulted. Like, and, and it, it, it just happens constantly. Not as much now that I'm married and live in rural Tasmania um, because there are 
you know, my husband's scary and there's not as many people here, but it's insane that like- Because he killed him. What? Yeah, no, he- (laughs) He killed everyone in the land. (laughs) I need to go on the record saying my husband has never done a murder. (laughs) (laughs) Nor have I, but it's, it was nuts. Like even just noticing, I feel like I'm getting off track, but like even noticing going to gigs by myself yeah, and how I was treated by um, the other comics and people around. And then when he started coming to gigs with me, the difference in treatment was insane. Right. Right. And even like, and once I got engaged and I went on tour, the number of um, my of male colleagues who just didn't want to bother talking to me anymore was also very interesting. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so to tie so that, that makes into me mad. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. So the anger then, that's where it's directed now and seems justifiably as well. Uh, when did you first notice that you had a, like an anger, your go-to, I think to use your words, your go-to was anger. When did you, oh. uh, like, when did you, was it a young, from a young age you've been? Oh, middle school. Which is um, what? Uh, like grade seven, grade eight. Do you have Maybe any memories of an example, you, example of when six. the... Yeah, uh, I saw this guy that I would, because I was, I'm from a very small part of like rural Canada as well. So the people I went to high school with were also the people I did primary with, right? So it's the same group of kids from age five to 18. And I saw this guy, he was was a a new kid, um, cornering one of my friends by the lockers in between classes. And I was just going to the bathroom and she was completely cornered. And I just walked up to him and grabbed him by his throat and like shoved him into the lockers. I was like, awesome. don't fucking touch her. Um, and that was pretty aggressive, but I was also a good kid. Um, and I was a teacher's kid. So like right. nobody ever said anything or didn't, well, cause like, oh, well, Jillian English would never do that. Right. <laughs> but I was just, I remember just seeing her being tiny and trapped and being like, no. And, um, and it never really occurred to me that uh, that I shouldn't do that. That that should be somebody, someone else should do that. I'm like, no, I'm gonna handle that. So yeah, right. It, it can once you become like that designated person. We call it um, designated murderer in my family, which sounds horrible. So, but okay for context. So, like, say um, you're driving home and you hit a wallaby. And the wallaby's gonna die, and the cruelest Dinner. thing to leave it. Yes. Right? <laughs> the the humane thing to do is is kill the wallaby, put it out of its misery. Yeah. And there's a group of you in the vehicle. Ah. You know who's gonna kill that wallaby? Gotcha. That's great. I actually really yeah. like. I mean, without, without having a conversation, there will be someone you'll all just look at, and it'll be yeah. like, "Yep, that's the person." And that wow. person so won't like, admit. That person won't admit to anyone that they secretly enjoyed it. <laughs> so what do you guys call it? The murderer in the family? No, well, designated murderer. Designated yeah. murderer. Is there a different word than murder? Like mercy killer? Designated mercy killer? Designated executioner? Designated executioner. Yeah, it's just like that person's going to handle it. Yeah. And um, Have you ever I killed mean, an animal, Julian? Me? Um, no, I don't think I have. Dill? I- uh, yeah, I was a shit kid. Like in terms of like bugs and like in terms of like lizards and shit when you were like, you know, five and six. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know where I was gonna go. I was like, Yeah, I know it was a train station. No, no, no. What about you? Um I've I've shot a rabbit. Um there you go, you've killed an animal. And 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 I've fish and I've gone fishing. No, I've actually killed a few mice now that I think of it. Uh, mice. There you go. Yeah. I've ground them and I I may have crushed one with a vegetable crisper. Yeah, what a oh. vegetable crisper. It was in the fridge. The goddamn thing got uh, in the fridge and then it ran behind the vegetable. Uh, you throw the whole fridge out. You just throw the whole fucking fridge out, mate. Yeah. yeah no, um, mice are the worst, especially when you live in Europe. Like, I remember a housemate of mine uh, burnt one alive, thinking it would scare all the other mice away. And it was what, like a just... fucking like Joan of Arc or some shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, it was so fucked up. Like, oh my was, God. Like, That's I am. Killer. Mate, can we I, can we go back to period blood because this is really making me uncomfortable. <laughs> no, anyway, so the whole the whole point. I'll get us back on track. The whole point of like talking about the designated murderer thing is like I became the person who handles things. So like, um, 
you know, one of my friends in university, my roommate, she felt uncomfortable walking to and from work by herself. So she asked if I would go with her, but then it would never occur to her that that meant I would walk her to work and then walk home by myself and then walk up to pick her up by myself. Because the assumption was, is that, oh, well, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Of course. And it's like, well, not always, (laughs) you know? I can yeah. talk a good game, but if someone gets a jump on me, they get a jump on me. And so, it, but it's it's kind of creates that like, well, you're going to look after me and no one has to worry about you kind of thing, which isn't really healthy or helpful in the long run. How, how a North American is that term? They get a jump on me. It just sounds cool. <laughs> I, I really wish you didn't say it sounds cool based on the context of what we were talking like, about. We say We say we get mugged. Oh, well, you get a jump on me. It's like they get a head start. Doesn't mean they're going to win. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I love you. I love you, man. But... thing to be like, fight's not over till it's over, baby. Exactly. You, you got right. a jump on me. You got a head start. But hey, who's going to win? And so it's like I you did... mugged. You got. You gave up. <laughs> yeah, I did have my husband teach me some because he does jujitsu. Teach me some stuff because I was like, all right, say because. I got to assume someone's going to be bigger and stronger than me. And even if they're smaller, they might be, they're definitely probably going to be stronger. Like, how do I get out? And he's like, well, most struggles are going to end up on the ground. And here's what, like, so it was really helpful. Right. So you're he's quite, yeah. Tell us about your husband. Like, All right, let's practice. <laughs> I got to get out of here. So, so your husband obviously is now then got, he, is, he, is he now the designated murderer? Um, or is it still you? Probably like, I, I think, like Ben, he might he would he might enjoy it a bit more. Um, <laughs> well, we just moved on to like a, a two acre property in Northwest Tassie, and there are bunnies, um, and he can't wait to yeah, end them. Totally. Oh, well, wow. well, well, you've bought you've brought, brought, Can we just talk about you are living in in a very rural part of Australia? I think we need <laughs> to to. Can we just why? What made you move there? <laughs> Um, well, I met my husband and he was living in Hobart. I met him in Melbourne. He just, he had just come over, um, for the weekend and he came to see Jillian English's Bitter Shrew, uh, at the expert. I was doing like a remount of it, uh, on a complete whim. He had no plans and he was like, well, I like comedy. There's comedy in Melbourne. Um, what's on? And he Googled like comedy near me. And I was like, he was like 150 meters away from the expert. So he just came in. And that and was the, the show world. that was a bit about more like a relationship, right? Um, Bitter Shrew is, uh, so when I did a show, Drag Queen Stole My Dress, I had a reviewer who hated that. And, so, um, and he included in the review, Jillian English is a Bitter Shrew. Right. And, and so I thought, what is it about me that makes it, you think it's okay to call me these things? And, and usually when you insult a woman, it's always sexual and they're either too sexual or not sexual enough, right? They're a right. Bitter Shrew, they're a cold <laughs> fish or they're a horrible slut. Um, and usually, if you're uh, scary enough, you'll be both at the same time. Um, you'll be too delicate, but also too too cold and too iron-like. Yeah. So right. he came to see that show, and we really hit it off. And then I came to visit him, and we ended up uh, dating. And then I was just touring indefinitely, so I was technically homeless. <laughs> so he was like, well, you can leave your suitcases at my house. And then when you have time off, you can come stay with me. And then... And then we just became a couple and then we got engaged and then we got married and he's a paramedic with um, uh, ambulance Taz and he got assigned the Northwest and here I am. And also then I guess we might as well tell the other part of the, the bombshell. You are oh, I'm pregnant. What? <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. Congratulations. It's very exciting. Yeah. And of it, course it is with, very exciting with the paramedics. Just... So they know what they're doing. <laughs> How well fed? How well fed is your baby going to be? <laughs> so it's um. Well, that, see, you're making misconception there, Dill. Tell me. Oh no, but, no. I'm growing a baby Hulk. All of my husbands—they <laughs> don't have any babies under ten pounds. Oof, oh my oof. god, that's they're yeah. big babies. They're big babies. Yeah. Oh, I know. The um. um so how far along are you? Close? Are you far? Is it the beginning? Is it the... Sixteen weeks pregnant. Oh, very so exciting. I'm in my second trimester. So you got um, over the first still, bit. Yeah. Oh God, that was a nightmare. Um, yeah, it's because no, I don't feel like people talk enough about how much of a nightmare the first trimester is. Yeah. I, if you're unlucky, uh, some people doesn't matter. Some people don't get. Oh it, yeah. But... Some people, good for you. You know me, no. 
Um, I had no appetite, so I had complete appetite loss. And whatever I did eat came right back up yeah. to the point where um, I was deciding what I was going to eat that day based on how it would feel when I threw it up. So it was oh like... So, so, so that, that's what people talk when they talk about morning sickness. That's what mm -hmm. they're referring to, which also I heard can happen at nighttime as well. Oh, well, my morning sickness was definitely on Canada time. So like <laughs> 11 p.m. here, which would be like, you know, yeah. nine in the morning in Nova Scotia. It was just like whoop. Uh, brushing my teeth was the most dangerous thing I could do. Wow. As, as I would go to brush my teeth, it would just come right up. Smells? Um, Any particular smells that set it off? No, it smells, no, but I could smell everything. Yeah. I became that person like walking around the house being like, What's that smell? Oh, no. I don't know. And I was like, no. So I remember, just... I remember, I remember once my partner was just like, "Can you smell smoke?" I was like, oh, "I can't smell smoke." And then the next time I've had a fire, I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> it's just like, wow, yeah, your senses could, go through smell, the roof. Yeah, I could smell everything. I was exhausted, um, just like needing almost like 12, 13 hours of sleep a day, and I would be like, "I'm gonna do things," and then just like be out and it didn't matter how much i slept during the day i could like 10 o'clock and going to bed yeah um, and uh, i actually lost 12 pounds in my first trimester jesus that's from, a lot yes. yeah my doctor says it's fine right um, and that because they weighed me before i lost all that weight so she's like that's 12 free pounds <laughs> 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 it's, not, it's like it's not like i'm gonna lose them forever they're coming back yeah, they're gonna um, come back fast yeah. as well. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was just it was it was it was hard. But it, I mean, the thing is, is that apparently like the more ill you are, like the more you barf and everything. Apparently, that I mean, you've got really high progesterone levels, so that means the baby's doing well. So there's something really weird about just like hugging the toilet and feeling disgusting and being like, yeah. yes, I'm nailing it. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're great. And then they fucking get to their teen years and they tell you and they resent you. Like, you know how many fucking times I had to vomit? Like, this is me talking from my own experience. When I think about what I like, how much of a better son I could have been to my mom and dad, and I'm like, not ever once remembering the sacrifices they made for me. Ah, I feel so shit and guilty going, yeah. you fucking entitled piece of shit. But all kids are like that. Oh, God, sure. yeah. I mean, they don't have empathy. Like that's that's a grown-up yeah <laughs> but, but also, also what happens yeah. is which what i've experienced is that once you have kids and your kids grow you will hear stories about yourself that your parents have never uttered to you because you would never understand until you have children yourself and they are they are some confronting stories where you're like wow there is a period in your life that you completely wanted to disown your son and and at the time because it's unconditional love it's there mm -hmm. all the time but then when you actually hear the story you go gee that sounds tough and then you have to go shit i've got that ahead of me like yeah. you know like it's just like oh my god like you know at the moment now you know we're getting out of lockdown but it's you know we're you know i'm dealing with a you know a, a very opinionated uh five-year-old at the moment but then it's like you know it doesn't help that i'm like you're so much like your mum. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'd be very shocked if my child doesn't have a remarkable amount of opinions. And, like, my husband and I have gone over it, and we're just, we're very curious about, like, what combination of the two of us this child is going to be. Because if they get the right bits, they could be the next prime minister. If they get some other bits, they could be a contract killer. And, it, like, yeah. or... Or both. Like, or both. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's, there's really no way to know. And so yeah. it's just, all I is know it, that it looks like a person based on the sonogram. Oh, that's yeah. exciting, mate. That's yeah. very, very, very exciting. Cool. Do you know what you're having yet? No, we're not finding out. We don't oh, want to no. know. No. Oh, just here's a tip. It's so funny because I... I I well, you'd be looking for the tip for starters, if you the, want. To. No, but you can. They sometimes they give it away because a friend of mine is like, if you get an ultrasound and then as they're doing it, they go, "Oh, do you want to find out what the sex is?" It's the only reason they ask then is because they found the penis. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So we've we've been telling them before we go in yeah. um, that we don't want to know, so don't give us any indication. Because yeah. I'm only 16 weeks, but I've already had three sonograms and I'm going to have three more because I am 36. So that's technically geriatric. And I have a thyroid condition called Hashimoto's. 
-hmm. So that makes me high risk. Um, and in my first trimester, I had something called a subchorionic hemorrhage, um, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> and my doctor called me to, to tell me that I had it. She's like, I know you're gonna Google this as soon as I hang up. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm gonna tell my husband and he's gonna do proper medical research and then he'll tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, he has medical training. I don't. Um, but they're apparently they're really common. They're common in women who've had miscarriages. So I had a miscarriage earlier in the year, and it's just it's a trauma that's happened to your uterus and it's just still processing. Yeah. So um, I had to I had they noticed it on my first one and then I went back in two weeks later and it had shrunk by over 50%. And then by the time I went in for like my 13 week one, it was gone. So, but it still just means like they're watching everything really closely, which is really good. So totally, totally. And it, and, and, and it's peace of mind. However you, you know, that's why I always, uh, my partners are very much into the rights of the woman and her choice in relation to how one wants to grow a baby and also the choice of, uh of what kind of birth they have we both had home births we're coming we came from that kind of line of the world but it's kind of interesting because quite often is is and we like because you know you can come into the definition of you're having a covid baby a lot of people are having babies you know that's decided whether to have a baby or whether to have naturally but at the moment now i've got four friends who are about to give birth <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's crazy like and but what i find interesting is each one their approach is so different to the next and I was yeah. like, it's so nice and refreshing to hear that in Australia, it's turning very slowly, but that you can actually have a bit more of a choice of how you want to have your baby rather mm -hmm. than just like, oh, you know what? Oh, contractions, might have been taking four hours. Yeah, you need a C-section and you don't get a choice in the matter. And like, oh, yeah. I'm going to try to avoid a C-section as much as possible, if only because when you're recovering from a C-section, you can't lift anything over 10 pounds and I'll be very lucky to have a baby up to 10 pounds. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's, point. Yeah. so true. Yeah. And also um, you forget that when a baby comes through the vaginal canal, the amount of bacteria and everything that they get on the way out is amazing for the baby. It's, it's good for its immune system. It's, it's good for everything. And so therefore people forget that. And sometimes the baby then can get a bit sick after if it's a C-section. But if you need a C-section, you need a C-section. It's just like in oh, private yeah. hospitals. I mean, my birth plan is um i want to live and i want the baby to live yeah mm. so whatever that, yeah whatever way that yeah i've seen yeah. these like really elaborate birth plans with all this stuff um playlists and, uh, and because my <laughs> husband again is very like clinical medical he was like you live baby lives done like right. i'm not I'll, I'll do what i'm told to a certain point like but having a paramedic at home is just like, it's a, it's a win-win. Like it's I'm so useful because like I'm going through the public um, stream. And uh, so like, I won't have the same doctor the whole time, which is good. Yeah. Cause I didn't like the guy I just had at the antenatal clinic. Really. I didn't. Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, wow. You really, given that Tasmania, you've really narrowed it down. <laughs> it's the one doctor in Western <laughs> rural. Yeah, there are doctors here. It's a beautiful place and I love it so much. Um, but uh, but I do I do get to I get the benefit of having one consistent medical expert with me at all times, and that's my husband, which is really yeah. oh, it's amazing. He won't let anybody do anything shitty to me, um, which is also really good. But like I have no desire to push on my back; that just doesn't look comfortable or natural. So I'm I'm not going to do that if I'm told. But other than that, like, but but that's really important. Like I think that's like we it's just not taught enough enough. But like you said, it's like you've got someone backing you, and I think someone who who is a paramedic like i remember at the time my partner wanted key things like not pushing on the back like that one like she's like it's not for me i want to be on all fours that's what i wanted like that's how, and but you have to fight for that and when you're not a medical profession and you're the spokesman of your partner who is in the zone going through attractions it's really hard you need a level of confidence you need an understanding like you know it's i think sometimes it's so tricky because you know you hear stories yeah of people that are just like, oh, well, I'm, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not anything. And so therefore they just allow it to happen. And sometimes, you know, before you know it, things happen, which you didn't want to, and you get told yeah. that, you know, it had to happen to save the baby, which of course, if it does, it needs to, but oh, mm -hmm. it's just so often so many people are ill-informed. Yeah. Well, cause I think they're, they're pretty good about, you know, birth positions up here. Um, and, and my husband's delivered several babies already. And so, so he's cool. like, no, you can deliver, he's like, you can deliver in whatever position you're comfortable in. And then I think another benefit I found is I am 
older, I'm 36, and I'm also North American, which I found in Australia means I have a level of directness that I don't think a, a lot of people have here. Um, oh, that's a European. So <laughs> it, it's, been very, it's been very interesting. Like, What do you mean by you. that? Um, uh, I know exactly what you mean because my mom's Dutch. Yeah, there, there's, <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly happy to complain about things. Right. If, something, if I don't like yeah. something, I'll be like, oh, no, this isn't okay. Yeah. Um, and it used to drive my husband crazy at first because he's like, it's so embarrassing what you're doing, so American. I'm like, I'm Canadian. He's like, it's too American. <laughs> you're like, shut up, Kiwi. Like, if the service is bad, you're the first one to say it. Open no, it. No, I'm just like, no, this is unacceptable. Because, yeah. um, like, when we were um, getting our old house ready um, before we moved up here and we were putting in new flooring and the flooring guys were really dicking us around. And so eventually I, I was like, no, I'm handling this. I'm going full North American. And he was like, do it. Yeah. They're just, they're not used to that level of like, no, it, it's not. Like, it's, but you're dicking us around. This is unacceptable. We're paying you a large amount of money. Fucking fix it. And it's just, it's a certain directness. And I suppose a certain level of aggression that is just naturally inherent to me that people are like, yeah. They want to avoid it as much as possible. And, and, and it, I found it served me very well with real estate agents, doctors, and contractors. Oh, <laughs> but, I wish but, I had some of that. But it's, the, the thing about it is also it's like, because, again, I, I'm you know, Dutch and my mom's Dutch. And so quite often it's it's bluntness can then be uh, interpretive as rudeness, which is not always the case. And then if you are not making a scene, then everyone will just assume quite often if you have an accent is therefore you then become obnoxious. Which isn't the case because if you were to do the same thing in Holland, then everyone's doing it. It's not one person; it's five people. Like bad yeah. customer service. Like I'll never forget when my when I, my friend Eric came to Australia and it was bad customer service. He pointed it out directly because in Holland it is just not accepted. It's just not accepted. Like you just, it's simple as that. I was like, your service was shocking. I will not be providing you a tip. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's so many times where I'm like, this. We'll be at a restaurant or something, and I'm like. What the hell's going on? And Locke's like, you have to remember where you are. God, I'm <laughs> like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm so grumpy. Uh, oh, why do you have a kid? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I know what I'm going to I know how it is. <laughs> You're going to be that mom at mother's group. Appearing <laughs> rude or obnoxious. As soon as I open my mouth, people assume I'm American anyway. Yeah. So if they're going to make that assumption about me, fine. Strap in. Like, Whatever. If you want to put your xenophobia right out there for everybody, that's not my problem. But it was oh it was God. very out in the open. Like when we were looking to buy a house up here, I love making phone calls and doing admin. I'm great with that. Um, and my husband was working. So I was like, I it was my job to find us a house and to like book all the inspections and everything. And there was this house we really liked. And I called up the, the sales agent and he was like, oh, no, it's, it's under offer, but there's something going on with their finances. Call again in a week. And he told me that same line for like six weeks. So finally, I was like, Locke, you call. Like I told my husband, I'm like, Locke, you call. So literally, I just gotten off the phone with this guy and he's like, nah, it's still, mm, I don't know. Call again in a week. Locke calls up. Oh, yeah, it's under offer, but they, they there's a 48-hour clause in it. So if you guys like want to swoop it from them, by all means, come see it. He had an inspection booked in less than 20 minutes. And that was after me calling this guy for weeks and he would not give me the same information that he gave to my husband. Amazing. And it was just so frustrating. So um, purely because of the accent, you reckon? We were like, is it xenophobia? Is it misogyny? Why not both? Right. Who knows? Right. Bit of a cocktail. That yeah, accent... <laughs> that accent must stick out like dog balls in Western rural Tasmania. Like, is there anyone else from Canada in the area? <laughs> um, there was one at the at the Hill Street. Um, I, was, I asked for cheese curds, and she just looked at me like she'd seen a ghost, and she was like, "Cheese curd? You want to make poutine?" I was like, "Huh?" She's like, you're Canadian? I'm like, mm -hmm. She's like, "When did you get here?" I. That's really cute. <laughs> like, hey, save yourself. There's weeds illegal here. Go back to Canada. <laughs> so, um, and Catherine McClintock lived in lived here, like around in Devonport for quite a while. But she's moved to Melbourne now. But she's been uh, she's a, a comic as well, and she's really useful 
telling me where to get my hair done. And uh, <laughs> well, see, and for people who don't know, like de- places like Devonport, Launceston have become just huge. Like people from Melbourne are flocking there so much. Like Holy it is shit, buying it's all insane. the properties, all of it. Like I, I've had. I've had two friends move to Launceston, uh, a friend moved to Burnie. I've got another family moving. He just bought in Launceston. Like, Launceston, I, who would have thought? Like, no one Bonnie, would have considered going there. And it's One huge. of the best fucking bakeries I've ever eaten at is in Launceston. Oh, my God. High, highest gun, oh, uh, highest gun shootings bread. than any other <laughs> place in... Uh, no, in, it's uh, not true. Is it, it is, it is. It was in the news. Launceston? Yeah, oh, okay. Hey, well, we, right, well, we, live, we live outside of Devonport in a lovely neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we stumbled on this a little while ago um, when you talked about playing football. And it's <laughs> something that I'm so fascinated by because you played Aussie rules football. Yes. In Canada. Yes. What the fuck? That's incredible. Like, still tell us what what age did you come across it? How does it even ha- like? I didn't What's know that Aussie rules. I was twenty six, I think twenty six mm-hmm. when I first started playing, um, and it was because where I was working. So I was temping um, in Toronto, and I was temping for this mining company that was Australian. So everyone who worked in the office was Australian, and then I found out that everyone. Um, all the Aussies in the office played in the Ontario Aussie Rules Football League. Um, And that it was the first year they were starting up a women's division. I think that was in 2011. Yeah. So, and so um, they were starting a women's division and they were like, you're pretty big. You seem pretty aggressive. You're you're tall and angry. Yeah, you're giant. (laughs) You're a bit of a fart monster. And I thought that if I started playing the office sport, it might actually help me um, get a full-time job. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play this sport. And I was like, what is it? I've never heard of it before. And um, one of my coworkers just sent me a YouTube link for like amazing speckies. And he's like, you're going to do that. And I was like, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. And I, I'd never played a sport before in my life. Uh, I was very, very nerdy child, very nerdy adult. I mean, like I just finished my master's in Shakespeare, right? Like, it's yeah. not, um, <laughs> not. Did you do a sport? sport? What sports did you do as a child, if any? None. Right, zero. I, I climbed trees. Um, oh no, sorry. Technically, I, I think in grade seven, I did the high jump, the long jump, uh, and the javelin. But that was because you got the day off school to go to the track and field meet. Um, <laughs> And at that point, too, all the boys could jump a lot higher than I could. And then I couldn't do it by grade eight because my boobies were too big. And I was going to say, surely seven kilos is weighing you down. That they Depends how you throw them over the bar. <laughs> it's a whole new exactly. meaning to frost beef flop. Oh, Jesus. Very good. Sports bras at that age. I didn't get appropriate sports bras until I was well into my 20s. So, right. um, but anyway. I think I missed some of what was said there, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so go on. <laughs> so yeah, so, anyway, so I did not play sport as, as a as a youth, as a child at all. I didn't. Um, and then, but I, I wanted, I wanted the job. I thought it would be a good job. And I was at a point in my life too where I had just canceled a wedding, and I was like finding myself and everything, and I was. I made a rule with myself that if I couldn't think of a valid reason to say no, that I should say yes to things. Yeah. When you say cancel a wedding, it's like your own one. That's what I just... Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, no, I was someone engaged. said, you two shouldn't get married. This is not... No. It's, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And you're like, yeah. suddenly going, going on an anti-same-sex... Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I, I've been engaged um, and I, I called the wedding off like a few months beforehand. Uh, and so I was like, you know, refiguring out who I was. Mm. And I had moved to Toronto to be with this guy. And then I was like, well, I'm already here. I may as well stay. So I was trying to make friends. I was trying to like build a life in the city. Um, and I couldn't think of a valid reason to not go to this footy training and try. So right. I went and sweet, merciful Jesus. Uh, I got three Charlie horses. I don't know what you guys call them, but oh. like, um, Charlie Horses. Like horrible pain in my in my calf, like a, a huge cramp. 
in my oh, okay my well i mean a calf crap but i guess i've never heard it as i i know i've never heard that right all right well, I'm gonna have north to americans will know exactly what i'm talking about i got sure, a charlie sure. horse um i had three charlie horses between the the field and the subway station and then i <laughs> went right. back the... the next time and i had to take an ice bath when i got home i was just so sore I got the, de the Wikipedia definition. A Charlie horse is a painful involuntary cramp in the legs and or foot, lasting anywhere for a few seconds to a day. The term formerly referred to more commonly bruising of the quadriceps muscles or the anterior lateral thigh or contusion of the femur, blah, 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 blah. Dead leg is, uh, is, is similar. Oh. Yeah. Dead leg is something a bit different, though, by the way, when you describe when, that. Yeah, you when you get smashed. <laughs> yeah. It hurt real bad. Right. Um, Anyway, but yes, I kept going, and um, and it was really fun because it's such a full-on sport. And as a woman, it tells you to do everything society tells you not to do. It tells you to be aggressive. It tells you to get dirty, um, like muddy, or you know, sometimes a little dirty. Um, like to just to to not not be pretty and just like go play this really aggressive full-on sport. And it was so much fun. I loved it. And those first few years in, when I was in Toronto by myself, it was an excellent way to make friends with normal people. Because before that, I only knew comics and actors. I didn't yeah. know who normal people were. And so, yeah, I met all these great people and I actually got quite fit. Um, although I didn't realize I was fit at the time. I still was like, mm, I'm the fat girl on the team. And I'm looking <laughs> back at my and be like, damn. <laughs> 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 who knew that like, um, working out and going to training three times a week and then playing games on the weekend. It's like, oh, I looked really good. Yeah, um, wow. I just, I just want to pause on that point. It's something that I've been thinking a lot about because um, after having lost a lot of weight and then lost some more, then put some back, like that yo-yoing that I kind of go through, I find myself, find myself catching myself in situations where depending on the trajectory I'm at, my mood has changed. You know what I mean? Like if I'm losing or getting fitter, then I'm feeling good. But if, it, if I'm on the, you know, setback, I'm not feeling as good, even though overall I've had such a great, great progress in the last three years or four years of doing uh, prioritizing my health. And something that I think about, I'm trying to think more about is how much more grateful I'm going to be for this body when I'm 60. Like, trying to remember that yes right now because yeah. i'm coming off a back injury and how yeah. you know frustrating it is that i'm you know i'm doing like that center the chris hebsworth fitness app and i'm back at the beginner level and it feels frustrating that i'm like oh i got to advanced like fucking you know in november last year and now i'm at beginner again and all that blah 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 the noise is there and i just keep going back hey but remember right now you are so much a better than where you were, say, four years ago, but also look at the things you can do now that you know you won't be able to do when you're, you know, in your 70s, 80s. And like, like the, there's something I think about a lot is like the content of your life is not as important as the context of your life. That mm -hmm. right now you might just be focusing on the content going, I'm, I can't do this, I can't do that. But like, look at the context, you're coming off the back of a back injury. Of course, you're not going to be able to be as strong. So yeah, I'm glad you pointed that, brought that point up because it is such a shame that, you know, even today, all three of us, have versions of ourselves that we would look back on in, you know, in decades time going, Oh, what was I complaining about this and that look at that, you know, like I'm thinning in my head. I'm like, fuck, it's still luscious, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, just. It's weird for me right now because I'm pregnant. So mm. like I was trying to, I was like, okay, I need to like work on my fitness more. Then when you're, you, you cannot try to lose weight while you're pregnant. That is not advice. Like, it's uh. just like, that is not something you need to worry about. You can worry about that later. But right now, you your your body is focusing on growing a whole new person. And the weird thing is, is like within my body, and this isn't something I have control over. I'm not the priority anymore. No, it's oh, not about you like, anymore. Oh. Yeah, I I feel like I've gone to seed, or like you know, like when you plant a potato. Like the whole point of a potato, all the carbs in there, it's not for you to eat. It's so that it can grow another potato. Like. <laughs> So I feel like I'm a potato growing another potato. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting. Um, Cause you know, there's all, there's so, so much advice out there about like what you should do while you're pregnant, what you shouldn't do while you're pregnant, oh the things God, you have to so eat much. and the things you don't have to eat. And so, but the thing is, is like, I will drop 
the baby will take literally everything from me <laughs> uh, before it's not okay. Like yeah. it, it's so, and you, it, and, it's, and, it's, um, and you just marvel like like the fact that you grow another human. I still I've had two of them, and I still marvel at the fact that my partner grew it. Then they came out, and then she fed them for like eight months just through her boob. And I'm like, in some cases, nearly two years. And I'm just like in awe of that, where you're just like, oh my god, like you did that. Oh, your body did that. You did that. And, I, and sometimes I just like it's. I still think it's absolutely magical. Like I, crazy. And I was like, no wonder I'm tired. I grew a spine. This yeah, thing has yeah. ribs. Yeah, like, it's, at the 13 week sonogram, I was like, it has ribs. And his little feet were crossed at the ankles. I was like, there's a whole friggin' person in there. It's insane. But it's just yeah. like the, the things I want to do. Um, there's like, I love hiking. Uh, my uh, husband and I, we did the Overland track um, during lockdown because we could. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, because there's no tourists. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was free. Um, and and Tazzy's had a knock on wood, a really great pandemic. We've done very well. Oh, you've done um, so well. So like, we did the overland and so like, beautiful. he's really, really fit. Um, me at that point, a little bit less so. And I, he could, it was really interesting because when there was like flat parts and like just walking on duck boards, I would take off. And he's like, you can tell that your body is used to walking around city streets. And yeah. that's what I do. Like, you know, we go on tour, you're flyering, you're doing shows, you're running between venues to do gigs. That's what I'm used to. It's like, give me a sidewalk and I will go. The second there was an incline, my butt was like, excuse me? Where, like, no. <laughs> like, it was just, it was, it was, and, and he's like, incline's pot of problem. was just, he was like, oh, I'm working a different muscle group now. Fun for me. Um, but by the end of the week, because it's a week long time. It's a hike, week trick, yeah. Um, I could do incline so much better. I was so much better at it. And it was just from a week of, of doing it but it's like we can't do the overland now i'm 16 weeks pregnant <laughs> um so yeah so so going back to what you were saying you were being that was the fittest like you know the level of cardio to be an actual proper elite athlete oh, it was so nuts and like we had to do this thing where like we would sprint and then like drop and roll and then get back up and sprint and these girls were finished and i was still going and the only way i could get back up again was to go like get up to like yeah. yell at myself and it was just the most exhausted I've ever been. Um, yeah. It was again, also like that was my apps. That was the peak of fitness. Do you carry over any of those, say those, like that very example right there where you like, you know, get up that kind of feeling. Do you now internalize that and use it in other things as well? Like, you know what your body is capable of more so than yeah, you first I thought? Don't, I don't quit. Um, yeah. I've never been a, a quitter. Cause I always think like you can't know if you could have done it, if, if you don't try is my kind of attitude. Like, um, I, cause I remember like being a kid and going up to like the big diving board and then getting up there and being terrified to jump, but knowing that I would be more embarrassed if I walked back down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love I, this. I, the, it was, it was more the idea of being embarrassed of not doing it or not even embarrassment, but regretting it. Um, yeah. I tell you, that's great. I love that. Was, that was stronger than my fear of jumping. Right. So, it resonates with me in terms of with stand up. I remember wanting to do it and it took me a year before my first ever gig. And what changed was that fear of obviously I had a fear of performing, but yeah. ultimately, as you said, the regret of never doing it started to become more painful. So yeah. it's almost yeah. like pain was still the motivator. I just chose mm -hmm. the pain that was less. The yeah, what that's, is that's been a huge part of my career as well. Just like I don't want to because I always wanted to be a performer. I remember being a little kid wanting to be a performer. Um, and my parents being like, there's, there's no money in that. You could be a lawyer and you can, you can perform in the courtroom. And, um, but <laughs> I didn't want to be on my deathbed and have anybody be able to accuse me of not trying. If it yeah. never really happens the way I want it to happen, that's okay. As long as I know I tried and no one can ever say Jillian English didn't try. Yeah. What a way, what a way to finish. That's amazing. Beautiful. And yeah, I really love that so much. Mate, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat to us. Uh, and yeah, uh, really, really appreciate you making the time. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow your work? What is the best place for them to go to? 
Sure. My Instagram is at Jill English. So that's Jill like Gill with a G, G-I-L-L. Um, and then English, like the language. Um, and I'm Jillian English on Facebook. You can follow my page. Uh, I've got two shows I'm doing at Fringe World because I meant to do one earlier and then I didn't. So I've got two brand new shows. I've got a show called By the Cow, which is about my pandemic wedding. Um, <laughs> and I've got a show called um, A Thousand Ships, uh, A Guide to Ancient Womanhood about Helen of Troy and the roles that um, beauty and femininity have played in political history and war. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a comedy, I, I swear. No, I recommend that, saying that, them back to back. That, sound, that second one sounds like a great... That's like a great... I'm at 6.30 and I'm doing a thousand oh, ships at oh, And I'm going to be 30 weeks pregnant. <laughs> that is going to be crazy. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Oh, God. It's... It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, we know you at least we cannot say that you didn't try. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Give exactly. <laughs> a red hot go. Exactly, mate. I love that about you. Uh, we can uh, find us, obviously, Fitbit Pod at Patreon. Uh, yes. If uh, all our Patreon listeners, thank you for the, the flood of new listeners who yeah, have come into the Patreon. Patreons. Welcome. Um, and also the great feedback, specifically the Suran episode about Hinduism. Jill, we'd love to have you back on on a Patreon after talking yes. exclusively about the 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 helen of troy and the other beauty standards and things like that because yeah, with, yeah. with the patreon we do like a very kind of like a specific topic. niche topic and yeah 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 i would be delighted that would be incredible awesome. uh otherwise ben lomas comic on instagram Diruk j on instagram for me uh most of the plugs are in there but otherwise yep. yeah check out master chef you know yeah uh, still there still still playing there, strong. Still, there. Yep. still there well done <laughs> In Thank all, you. every week. I love it. All right. Uh, Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there. And uh, uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.